0: You are listening to The Apex Hour, hosted by Ryan Paul, on KSUU Thunder 91.1. This show allows more personal time with our guests, allowing them to give us their stories and opinions. We will also give you new music to listen to, hoping you enjoy some new sounds and genres. Welcome to this episode of The Apex Hour. Hello and welcome back to The Apex Radio Hour. My name is Reese Whitaker, the radio producer and engineer for the show, and I am joined, as always, by our student producer, Sophia Javage, and our assistant student producer, Evan Miller, and as well as our host, Ryan Paul, and our special guest, Mr. Vitus Schell. Mr. Schell is a painter specializing in mixed media collages, and he focuses his artistic efforts on capturing the black experience by utilizing impactful imagery that deconstructs, samples, and remixes identity, civil rights, and contemporary black culture. Shell has earned a BFA from Memphis College of Art in 2000 and an MFA from the University of Mississippi in 2008. Mr. Shell is also the recipient of several grants, including the Joan Mitchell MFA Award, and as of 2020, he holds the position of Visiting Assistant Professor at Louisiana Tech University. I am going to turn the floor over to our host, Ryan Paul, and our special guest, Mr. Vita Shell. Welcome to Cedar City.
1: I'm excited to be here. It's been, I got my snow that I was asking for all week. Yeah, that's so. true.
2: We, we did uh, we did have some unseasonably springish, winterish weather this last couple of days. So thanks for bringing that in from the little Gulf Stream, little Gulf moisture <laughs> there from the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. So I want to talk, I want to start with the place in which you are, were born and the place in which you live. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Uh, I was born and raised in Monroe, Louisiana which is a North Louisiana, very conservative part of the state. Uh, a lot of times when I introduce myself to people, they assume that all of Louisiana is New Orleans. So they're like, yo, this is my friend. He's from New Orleans. And I'm like, no, it's it's not New Orleans. It's North, uh, north Louisiana. So I'm from Monroe. And, you know, a, a part of what I'm doing with my art and everything is kind of like trying to introduce that uh, part of the country to a, a lot of different communities, and you—you've
2: mentioned this before—that Louisiana actually is divided into almost three sections, right? North yeah. Louisiana, South Louisiana, and, and then New Orleans. And yeah. New Orleans, and none of them claim each other. Is that the idea? No, we
1: claim each other, uh, but you know, it's like cousins. Uh, you know, you fight with your cousin sometimes. Sometimes you, you hang out with him in public, but sometimes, you know, y'all uh, fight over. Uh, who who the coolest or who got the best food, and that's what we do in Louisiana.
2: Is there a is there a cultural? I mean, cultural capital of Louisiana. I mean, I know New Orleans will say, yeah, it, it's them. But I mean, Mike is what I'm really asking is, can you define talk about the culture of your specific town, North Louisiana?
1: Yeah, I, I you know I give credit, uh credit due to New Orleans and the culture that's there is very rich. Uh, you, you're gonna have some fun. You're gonna eat some good food. Uh, you're gonna see some interesting people. So I give them all credit on that on that level. Uh, so I give a big ups to my my cousins in and in, in, uh, New Orleans. So I don't I don't just don't claim them or anything. And then you got South Louisiana, which is Cajun country, which is a Catholic centric, a lot of French influence. And then North Louisiana, which is more the Bible Belt. It's a uh, conservative. I guess the the background of it is uh more like um, agricultural based uh, farming and logging and all of that stuff is like a big part of the uh, history of that area so with your
2: work, you could live anywhere in in the world really but but in the country certainly, why did you decide to come home and why do you decide to stay in the American South specifically in northern Louisiana?
1: Um, uh, originally I was going to, after I finished grad school and finished that big, um, residency program in, uh, Maine, I was going to be home for three to six months. And when I got home, things didn't pan out exactly like I wanted them to. And I started to see the importance of having me, uh, be at home and be, I guess, um, be, be somebody that people could, uh, look up to or look to, to, for advice on things and uh, be a be a agent of change in my community. So that was I think that's what happened. And the more the longer I stayed, the more I, you know you start seeing people you grew up with, and you start seeing like you know you need to be here because people need to see you and um, see that it's an example of something d- different going on. It's,
2: so let's let's talk about that path, the path you've kind of been on so Monroe, Louisiana, where you start, and then let's kind of connect the dots that lead us from Monroe back to monroe mm
1: mm-hmm. so um in ninety six I graduated from uh high school at the great uh Wiseman high school in Louisiana. what was your mascot uh wildcats oh. we were purple and- purple and gold like l s u so um <laughs> And then uh, I left after graduating in 96 to go to uh, Memphis and uh, to the art school in Memphis. And while I was in Memphis, I became a big part of the Memphis art community. And then after I graduated in 2000, I stuck around a couple years. And in 2005, I decided to go to uh, grad school at the University of Mississippi, uh, a.k.a. Ole Miss, and um, stayed there for three years uh, graduated in 2008 and um, went back home in 2008.
2: So, we we've shared this, Vitus, and I. That uh, I am also an alumni of the University of Mississippi. Ole Miss is where I went to graduate school. So we we have shared a, a, a unique connection with with not only Oxford, Mm -hmm. Mississippi, but uh, but Memphis, Tennessee, which was a big part of your life and certainly really foundational in mine. And and you've done some work, you know, we'll talk about your art after our first break, but I'm interested in your idea of public art. Right. you've commission you've been commissioned to do some pieces uh not only at the Civil rights museum but but some public art in Memphis. uh I, I love the fact that on your bio you talk about painting a mural for the indianola mississippi swimming pool
1: mm-hmm.
2: right I mean can you talk to, about this difference between your connection with public art versus you know gallery type art that we've seen
1: so for me um I started um thinking about like what what who am I? And what? What? What's the importance of what I'm trying to do? Uh, and just showing work in a in a gallery, I didn't feel like it was gonna, it was doing enough. So I decided to start uh, pushing towards doing murals, and murals is a direct way to connect to the community. And if you got a message, if you're really trying to make a a message to a certain group of people, like that's the that's one of the better ways to make a piece of art uh, with public art um, and murals. Uh, for me, is a, a, a also um, a easy way for for some to engage, uh, easy way to engage with with the community. So I I really liked um, I really liked that as a, a medium, and that's one of the things I started pushing towards doing murals and um, outside of just doing, the, doing my paintings, they're going to the museums and galleries. Uh, one Another thing about that, like, a lot of people don't feel comfortable in um, the museum and gallery spaces a lot of times, so that direct connection between the artwork and the community through murals, to me, was a, a, a strong way to uh, connect with people. Is the process,
2: the creative process, different for you in a mural versus a piece that you're you know is probably going to end up in a gallery
1: um i think i guess a little bit but i've been thinking about like ways to kind of push past that so, uh, most of my work uh, that i do and that goes goes into galleries is a bunch of collaging but i'm starting to th- i'm starting to try to i'm thinking about i got some ideas of some ways that i can make bridge that gap between um The work that I make in the galleries and the work, the mural work that I do out in public,
2: is uh, what is the what is the mural at the pool? What is it?
1: The mural at the pool uh, depicts um, um, uh, what's his name? The blues singer. Um, all of the people that are in the uh, mural are from that area. One lady, uh, and I can't remember her name. She was the first first postmaster, um, black postmaster in the country and um, that was right out of that city of Indianola BB um, King is depicted in the, po- in the uh, mural and um, Alice what's her name Alice um, I can't remember her last name but she was the first um, the the Matrix movie she was the first uh, Oracle in the Matrix movie uh-huh. and then you know the second one was a, a different lady but the first one who was um She's she's a big big actress and she was um I can't remember her name. Alice it's Alice something. But um yeah, she that's who that's just in that, that first mirror as far as the people. And then it shows like uh the culture uh of that of that area. Uh pecans uh it being a, I think the pecan capital of Mississippi and um and of course it has some uh, cotton um, because cotton is was also a big part of the agriculture there and um, what else was in that oh in the high school the high school the year that I um did the mural the 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 girls basketball team had just won the basketball championship super cool
2: uh, as as we've talked and if you've listened to the apex radio hour before. You you know that we when we talk with our guests, we invite them to share with us some of their songs that resonate with them and talk a little bit about it. So we, we play them during our breaks, and we've done the same with Vitus. So the first song that we're going to hear that you selected is a song called Humble by Kendrick Lamar. Can you tell us why you chose this particular song?
1: Um, I'm a big fan of Kendrick um. Uh um, and i'm you know so as a person that's been been around listening to hip hop for since the beginning uh i've always been hard you know i'm a i'm a critiquer so originally i was hard on uh Kendrick, uh and but I feel like Kendrick is um really capturing what's going on now um he has uh that 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 um what was that name of that album? Damn, is a damn of uh, the damn album to me was like really jazzy. It was a, um, it was it wasn't like simple, um, um, uh, normal hip hop songs with a verse, chorus, verse, chorus. It was a uh, he broke it down. He he, it was songs that turned into the tr- the, the beat changed, the the tempos changed, all these things that that i would uh associate with jazz music uh especially live performance jazz um so i thought it was a strong album to uh use so
2: cool well let's listen to humble by kendrick lamar
3: nobody pray for me it's been that day for me yeah yeah Hey. I remember syrup sandwiches and crime allowances. Finessing on them with some counterfeits, but now I'm counting this. Parmesan with my accountant lives, in fact, I'm down in this. say with my boobay tastes like Kool-Aid for the analysts. Girl, I can buy a Westie world with my base stuff. I know that it's good, won't you sit it on my taste buds? I get way too petty once you let me do the extras. Pull up on your block and break it down, we playing Tetris. AM to the PM, PM to the AM phone. Beat up your production. Gotta hate them, funk. If I quit your beam', I still rock Mercedes, funk. If I quit this season, I still beat the greatest funk. My left stroke just went viral. Right stroke put a baby in a spiral. Soprano C, we like to keep it on the high note. It's levels to it, you and I know. Tell them be humble. Sit down. Be humble. Sit down. Holla holla sit down, low holla, holla sit down, be humble, holla, holla, sit down, be humble, holla, sit down, sit down, sit down, be humble, holla, holla, sit down, low, holla, me humble, holla, sit down, pull that arm thinking that he front no me get the arm off my stage. I'm the So, so sick and tired of the Photoshop. Show me something natural, like with your pride. Show me something natural. I wanna feel some stretch box. Still, it take you down right on your mama's couch in side. Hey, this is way too crazy. Hey, you do not amaze me. Hey, I blew who from ACA. Oh, but much as paste me. Hey, I don't fabricate it. Hey, most. Of they modest about it, ayy. She elaborated, ay. This that great poop on the Av on the TED talk. Ay, watch my soul speak. You let the meds talk. Ay, if I kill an arm, um, it won't be the alcohol. Ay, I'm the realest arm um, after all. Tell them be humble. Holla, sit, 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 sit down. Be humble, sit down, sit down, sit down, be humble. tell him sit down, Be humble, sit down, hold be humble, sit down, be humble, sit down, uh uh. Be humble, sit down, humble, sit down,
4: That was Humble by Kendrick Lamar. You are listening to the Apex Radio Hour here on KSUU Thunder 91. Also, well, I was looking over the break of that song. You guys were talking about the pool mural, and that was Mary Alice, who was the actress and Minnie Cox, um, and they were the first black female postmasters. Mm. Um, and I just thought that was a really cool thing to know. So with that being said, I'll turn it back over to you, Ryan.
2: Thanks. Thanks. Uh, it's It's really a cool piece of art if you get a chance to look at it and I would encourage you uh, while you're listening to this show right now take a minute pull out your phone and google Vita Shell and see some of the art the the, uh, specifically bout it bout it because we're going to talk about that right now so you describe yourself as a mixed media collage artist can you kind of I know what all those words mean individually but put together describe verbally your visual art
1: So as a mixed media artist, I do, I use different medias. Um, I I don't only paint, uh, I don't only do printmaking, and I don't only do do just uh, collaging in my work. So I I usually mix uh, two or three of those elements in my work. So um, my work is uh, Uh, portrait-based. I usually paint um, images of contemporary black folk, um, and I usually paint that on paper, and I cut those out and I cut collage the paintings uh, onto collage uh, canvas surfaces for the most part. Um, sometimes I do drawings um, on paper, which might have a printmaking element in it and also some acrylic paint. So the work I usually do is uh, I usually try to mix mediums. Um, I try to think um, about my work as being um, non-traditional um and uh try to go at it like that
2: so before we we get into this the the subtext or the actual i guess it's not really subtext the the true meaning of this the, the about it, about it exhibit uh, can you talk about the the photography and the process exactly of what you were doing here in this in this piece of these pieces of work
1: what you mean uh the like
2: how you you enlisted students and and, yeah. and A to B kind of thing.
1: Okay, so um, for most of my work, and especially for the About It About It um, show, um, I do a call for models uh, for the About it, About It show because it was through the University of Louisiana Lafayette. Um, we did a call through the university and a, a a small call out in in the public of of the city of Lafayette and. Um, from there um i got about 20 people to come through and model and take pictures um excuse me i think um out of the 20 uh, maybe tw- uh maybe 12 to 15 made the cut um and 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 normally the ones that don't make the cut i still keep those images cuz they might go in another piece of work and from there um from there um i work on my ipad um, with the, with the images I paint from my iPad, I usually project my drawings, on my, uh, my portraits onto the paper, draw that out, um, and then paint my images up from there. So.
2: And the models choose the outfit, like they come. Yeah, they the come dressed like, like, dress like dress them, them
1: yeah. a certain way. No, I don't dress them a certain way. They, I just, uh, in my calls, I usually do, like, come dress damper or, you know, stylish or, you know, hip- and allow them to pick out what that what that might be and from there um you know even when the, when we get into the stages of painting I I sometimes make a choice like uh I don't want this shirt to be white I want it to be yellow or I don't I don't like that color of the pants let me give it a little pop right or the shoes or something like that so I um they have a lot of agency in uh what what they look like and then Uh, from there i kind of you know put my little twist on it
2: you know it's interesting that you say that because often my my dress style has been described as dapper stylish and hip as well so
1: yeah i've I've noticed yeah (laughs) thanks over the last three days
2: so do you do you take the the photographs or do you have a, a, a someone else do that i mean are you solely on all aspects of the creative process I,
1: I like taking my own photos. um I'm not the best photographer i I put that out there um but uh, I like taking my own photos because it gives me a chance to interact with the model. Uh, I like to talk to' them. I like to get get to know them. I like to help uh, them loosen up um and I think um that interaction also helps with when I start to paint you know that you you notice all of the, those little things and it shows up in the work. So, um yeah, I I like to do my own photographs. I've had people to even um offer to do that and I'm like, "No, nah, I think I want to do it because I just like that interaction between me and the models."
2: Speaking of interaction, you shared the story uh, earlier about the the call that you had or you had been working on the collection and you you somehow felt like it's not right. it's not done, and I want to talk about how you know when something's done. But but you you needed something else. Can you kind of tell the story about the the rap video and how that yeah, all played yeah,
1: out? Yeah. So um, as I was um, putting the show together, and I was about I was at the end. I had all of my models. I was I had done probably uh, three fourths of the work um, for the show, and I was still finishing up a couple pieces. Um, I didn't feel like um, I had quite captured the whole community um um because most of the models were students or like working professionals and I wanted more kind of urban um to kind of like balance it all the way out so we did a call for um models in um at um in at the MLK Center in um Lafayette in one part of the the, the community in Lafayette and absolutely nobody came for the shoot, uh, which was fine because I, I know that at that point I wasn't connected to that Lafayette community like I needed to be. Um, and as we were packing up to leave the uh, center, it was a group of guys out in the parking lot shooting a rap video. And um, it was me and uh, the curator from the museum in Lafayette. was We were together. And I asked him. I was like, "Yo, you, this." I think those are guys that we need. And he was like, "Yeah, I think so too." And he was like, "Um, you, you want me to?" Now he, I asked him, "Do he want to go over?" Or do, do I should I go over? And he was like, "I think you should." So I went over, and um, of course the guys were a little hesitant at first. Uh, they didn't know who I was, uh, and but um, I started talking. I think I introduced. The person that talked to me the most was the photographer. Um that who was shooting the video. He was a student at uh, LSU and once we started talking and I showed him what I was doing and everything, the rest of the guys kind of got in, in line uh and 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 were were willing to participate
2: and became part of the exhibit.
1: I yeah, mean, that, and 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 out of the, I took pictures of five of the guys. Only four of them made the exhibition.
2: Mm. So there's the cutthroat world of rap and art. Right. Just, well it's like the the fifth beetle. Right. right. It was a making...
1: guy it was a guy the fifth guy, the reason he didn't make it was his his energy for the shoot was kinda like off. Uh I knew he was kinda like joking around, so that that energy uh cost them inspire
2: <laughs> I think it's interesting that you you talk about this I mean, we've you know decisions and editing that you make in in the creative process for you first of all, my first question is can you def- in your mind how do you define creativity
1: um I don't know I think creativity for me is a lot of things um you know, the way you dress, the way you talk, the way you walk, um, uh the way you uh express yourself, you know, I think creativity is a lot of things. A um, the I like the conversation that's being had now about athletes and the creativity that they have to use um uh, in being uh and doing what they do. Um so I think it, I think it's a lot of creativity is a lot of things. So is
2: is it your would you say your creativity or, or what causes you to create the drive? Is it more of an internal? or is it an external type of thing?
1: Mm. If it's an external, what does that mean?
2: I mean, is it, is externally, you know, you have lots of inputs and, and, and muses, if you will, that that kind of cause you to do that. You know that you create for for an external audience, or you create uh, externally. External forces help you in your creativity, or do you think it is driven from you? As a some would say, you know, if you're a religious person, it's a God given gift. Others would say it's uh, some kind of energy or whatever. That's it does it come from inside, or is it uh, outside forces that help drive your creativity?
1: Can I answer both? Sure. Okay. So both. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go with both. <laughs> Cause I feel like um, um, it is things that drive the work externally. Like me wanting to comment on something, uh, people might not normally want to hear my voice. So uh, if I make a piece of art, that's a way that they can hear me without me saying stuff, saying anything. Um, so that's a that's I think that's external, and then internal is. Uh, uh, yeah, I I do this regardless if I, if I was exhibiting or not. I still, you know, draw and I mean I got drawings that the world will never see. Hopefully, um, that's just in a sketchbook or on a loosely piece of paper. So so in your work, how do you know when you're done? Like, w- um, when
2: do you say it is finished?
1: I don't know. I, I I guess looking for me, I look at the composition. I think about things that I'm thinking about uh, that I want. To be in the work, uh, uh, I have, I guess, uh, uh, I'm always looking for a foreground, middle ground, background in my work. So I try to push those elements. Um, and uh, also, like, you know, at some point, you know, it's like a kid. You got to let it let it go, right? So <laughs> you got to eventually, you can't overwork it by, you know, overthinking it. So a lot of times I just let it go and just kind of move on from there.
2: Is that, I mean, is that one of the key advices you give to your art students?
1: Yeah, uh, I think sometimes they let it go a little earlier than they should because, you know, you, they don't have that experience of um, really understanding when to when to keep working it and when not to.
2: So in, in your work, do you, like when you start a, a project – is it driven by a vision of what you have as the result? Or does oftentimes the result come from the process of creation?
1: Um, I think, yeah, i say both again. Uh, sometimes I have a vision what the thing should be. And then like for uh, the life, the, what is it? The life, liberty, and justice piece, um, the big piece with um, the lady uh, sitting on the ground with the, the the white roses um being stamped all over it. Um originally it was just her sitting there and then I felt like it needed something else and I added those roses to it. Cool. So we're we're chatting with the Grace
2: A Tanner visiting artist Vita Shell and we're gonna move on to our next break as we talk about creatives. Uh, Lil Wayne and a song called Amelie. What what do you what do you want to say about that?
1: I just uh, I think it's just a good turn up song. So uh, sometime in my studio I just need like some turn up. Like it might be two in the morning, I need I need some something to crank me up. So as Reese has often said to me, turn it up. Oh, I got one more thing. Oh. And Wayne Wayne from Louisiana and Wayne is the um probably king of hip hop in Louisiana, so of course you can't not play some Wayne.
2: All right. Little Wayne, Amelie.
0: your
5: money you yeah. Yeah. Mac, I'm money money I'm money money I'm money 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 I'm money I'm a young money 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 I'm a venereal disease, like a Right, cause I ain't got time for my second minutes. I was go to the almighty mighty dollar in the all, mighty power up that ch chit ch chopper, sister, brother, son, daughter, father, mother, f- the copper. Got the Maserati dancing on the bridge, p- p- poppin' tell the coppers, ha 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 You can't catch them, you can't stop them. I go by them goon rules. If you can't beat them, then you pop them. You can't man them, then you mop them. You can't stand them, then you drop them. You pop them, cause we pop them like over red and bacca. Motherfucker, I'm ill. Yeah. A million here, a million there. Sicilian bitch with long hair, with coconut every gear. Like smoking the thin despair. I open the Lamborghini, hoping them crack the semen. Like, look at that, that, that beastie. He's a beast, he's a dog, he's the motherfucking problem. Okay, you're a goon, but what's a goon to a gobbler? Nothing, nothing. You ain't scaring nothing. On some freaking bullshit. Call him, didn't Call me what you want. Call me on my side, Never answer with it's private. Damn, I hate a shy chick Don't you hate a shy chick Had a play the shy chicks She ain't shy no more She changed her name to my chick <laughs> Yeah, boy, that's my girl And she pops excellent up in Wayne's world And it ain't trickin' if you got it But you like a bitch with no way You ain't got shit sh- I'm ill, not sick, and I'm okay, but my watch sick, yeah, my drop sick, yeah, my clock sick, and my not thick, I'm ill. Motherfucker, I'm ill Yeah, see, they say I'm rapping like Big J and Tupac, Andre 3000 What is ever cup I do at? Who that? who that say They gon' be Lil Wayne My name ain't big, but I keep that flame like, who that wanna do that Boy, you know that you that swallow And I be this shit Now you got loose bowels I don't owe you like two vowels But I would like for you to pay me by the eye <laughs> and I'd rather be pushing flowers than to be in the pin sharing showers. <laughs> Tony told us this world was ours. And the Bible told us every girl was sour. Don't be in the garden and don't smell her flower. Call me Mr. Carter, Mr. Lawnmower Oh, I got so many pictures like I'm allow Lowry Even when stuff on me. See she couldn't doubt me. My double, but I say like face without me. Chrome lips poking out the poop, look like it's pouting I do what I do and you do what you can do about it. I'll turn a crack rock into a mountain they man, don't you compare me Cause there ain't nobody near me They don't see me, but they hear me They don't feel me, but they feel me I'm ill at C3
4: That was a Millie by Lil Wayne. You were listening to Apex Radio Hour here on KSUU Thunder 91.1. I'll turn it back to you, Ryan.
2: Thank you, Sophie. So one of the things that we talked about in the beginning was the the subtitle of this exhibit. So about about the politics of just being. And it, it kind of goes back to this hashtag that you mentioned earlier today, hashtag Wall black. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you link your thought? Can you link those together? Like how does this? talk about that please
1: so the whole hashtag of um while black became popular because um these incidents were going viral of black folks um doing random normal human things but the police being called on them for doing these things um a little kid selling water or lemonade the police being called on them because they don't have a permit. But, you know, who would think that that would be something that somebody would push, especially for a kid, you know? Um, or a um, guy mowing the yard, and the police called on him because they nobody, the person didn't know if he was supposed to be at that house. Or the, the family in the park barbecuing, um, and uh, somebody um, complaining, calling the police, um about that that group of people barbecuing in the park um and it and the list goes on and on and th- while this might be uh, a hashtag and something that seems to be like new uh it what's not a, a thing that black folks haven't um um uh, experienced before it's a thing that's long happened on uh, the police being used as a a tool to uh, attack. Um, black 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 people so for me i wanted to create work to give black people just a chance to just be and in that um just being that still being a, a, a form of uh, uh resistance or or uh, uh and it was it's, it's being a political act in just being able to be uh and it seems like um why would we even be um uh, having a conversation about um, people, Americans, being able to just n- exist without anything being attached to it. But that's that's the reality um, when it comes to certain communities. So
2: which if which if you look at the the images that you've created from this exhibit, which uh, I think are and then we've talked about this in, in many ways, defiant but not outright. I mean, there's a way to be defiant, like I'm going to flip the bird, or I'm right. going to be aggressive. Mm-hmm. But but just the the act of being is a sign of of uh, resistance. Yeah.
6: yeah.
2: And I think that's really interesting in in the way these models are posed and the way they're done, and and this combination of really. Uh, Ancient Christian um, mm-hmm. iconography. I mean, right. if you look at these the uh, those, these old images of of Jesus and others that are kind of gold, have the gold with them, and mm-hmm. these kind of I you know the, I I'm, I'm I'm stumbling here, but but you know what I'm saying? The right? Icons, I mean, yeah, yeah, the, yeah the Images icons.
1: icons, the saints, the Jesus is the um, images of Mary, the Virgin Mary. Uh, they were all. Uh, a part of that um, original like uh, uh, royalty um, high um, high end um, art that was made and it was usually commissioned by the church which was the church was usually one of the few um, um, places that had money to do things like that so um, and then the long history of of who who all was included so um, and, and it's just being being able to um, be documented. So we talked about that earlier, too, you know, that who could be uh, uh, photographed and who work is whose images are being uh, showcased in that in that same way, too. Right. And how um, if you're not, you're not important or you're you're you don't have a uh, say so on certain things either. Or you don't exist. Right, and you don't exist. Right? Yeah. I mean, I,
2: we, we mentioned that, you know, as a historian, I think about, you know, if, if these images of people, I mean, they just don't, if I don't know the story behind them, they don't, they don't exist. I mean, one of the reasons I can point to directly of when I decided to become a historian was a photograph of the dedication of the Brooklyn Bridge. And I had this, I don't know if it's an epiphany or not, but this idea that once that photo was done, whatever, when the flash went off, that... That each one of these people had people that loved them and hated them, and they had hopes and desires and dreams, and uh, and I wanted to know those stories, right? And I think that's indicative of your work as well. Like you look at these images and think that is a story that I want to know. And mm-hmm. I think one of the challenges that we have is is the assumption is well, it is the black experience that all black people have the same experiences which is obviously patronizing and right, and not right, correct
1: right and exactly so yeah I and so when even when I'm making work like I have to be open to that like you know of course not all black folks are seeing the world that I, seeing the, the world the way I see it you know so I'm I'm I not understand that um I, I, I come from a a southerner that's um always been into hip-hop you know, and the way I'm thinking about the work that I'm making is also uh, influenced by the history of the South and how um, uh, black folks were were, were treated. Um, I'm also a college, I got a college education. So it's a little different from some of my friends' uh, experience as a black uh, person. So, you know, all of those things kind of play into the work without, that I make.
2: I wonder if you could talk about the the role of gender in your Mm -hmm. work, because obviously, as you look at your work there, there are, you know, it's men and women and and those kinds of things. But how does the idea of gender play into what you're doing here in this exhibit?
1: So um, so when I went to the gender studies, gender studies class, I talked about um, a lot of times I have. When I'm when I'm painting images of women or any other non-binary person, I have to consider my uh, the dynamics between me and that person, and I'm careful of how I kind of approach that. Right, I have to be um, you know mindful of even my shortcomings as a you know as a person that's trying to be um, conscious of what's going on around uh, within within different communities of the black black community and uh, their um, uh, I guess sensitivities and all of that stuff things that they're concerned about, things that they don't want um, to be um, uh, ways they don't want to be showcased or whatever so my first step is always trying to read and be uh, educated on things that they're writing and they're saying and then um, really like uh, being careful in how i depict them once i started my paintings.
2: So and speaking of that, that issue, there's one specific color that that you focus on, I mean that that if you look at your work, obviously they're African American, but they're surrounded by gold. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean it, it, I mean there are other colors in there but but layers and layers of gold. Can you talk about why that choice exists there?
1: Um the gold um connects to a lot of things it connects to um um uh the the gold from cash money the bling bling era it connects to Africa, the african um um uh, use of goals the 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 medieval use of goals um uh of of gold it it connects to a lot of things so uh for me um I wanted it to connect to this long history of portraiture, that, and that's why I use the gold, the faux gold frames. So that if you look at the paint, if you look at the images of the work, you'll think like a, it's in a gold frame. And then when you start really looking close, you'll see that it's a faux frame. It's not even, it's not even wood. It's just canvas. And I and I build those uh, canvases up by collaging more and more of. Uh, uh, cutouts on top of that and, and then paint over that to kind of mimic the gold frame.
2: And the, the pieces in this exhibit, it's, it's very interesting, is that you choose deliberately not to frame them. Mm-hmm. Right? They're hung on, on loose canvas. Can you talk about why you made that choice as well?
1: Yeah, you know, the history of of art, um, you know, me being a non-traditional artist, which is, um, which was normally just white men, ma- white men, um, so, uh, I, when I make decisions on how I want to present work, how I want to make work, I'm always thinking about like, think rules. I don't have to abide by, I don't have to abide by stretching my canvases on, on stretcher bars and that being the end result. So I think about like even presentation, like I re- I would like for my um pieces to have that feel of a poster or, um, or a sign, a vinyl sign. Uh and then so in my in, in my canvases, the unstretched canvases, they have grommets in the corners. You know, and it hangs directly on the wall like that. And sometimes because the the um the canvases have a, a mine of their own, they start to kinda like come from the wall a little bit, you know, with heat and moisture. Um, they fold they might fold one way or this or the other. So uh, and I kinda like that too. Uh sometimes it's a problem for the gallery and museum people, but um, I like that the, when it starts to do those things
2: because it, it kind of it's a living piece, yeah. right? It takes on mm-hmm. uh, a life of its own. How of the how of the models in this group resonate? I mean, has the artwork resonated with them? Have they seen it? Oh uh,
1: yeah, yeah. For the Lafayette show, they all showed up. Um, they had family members to come. Um, I did a radio. I did a TV interview with one of the models who. Um, Uh, Her name is Chelsea Brown, who's also a radio personality. So she had a lot of personality just in when we did the photo shoot. She knew what she wanted to do as far as uh, her poses and she was very confident and everything. So um um yeah, so yeah, the everybody came out to see the show or whatever. So what? What's next? I mean, in in your
2: creative movement, what is next in your thought process? What are you working on now, if you can tell us, or what? What is the thing that is in the next page of the
1: journal? Um, I think it's um this these pieces that I've been wanting to create for a while called Platinum Football Fields, um, and it's based on a song by uh, well. It's based on something, uh, baby from Cash Money said in a uh, number one stunner song, and for me, when he was talking about he just bought himself a brand new platinum football field, it was to me it was about prosperity, you know, like owning owning things. So the platinum football field pieces for me are gonna be about ownership, but how highways were used to um, take ownership. From certain communities, so that's the that's the work that that's the one I'm interested in real right now. And those pieces are uh, I'm planning on being really big too. So they're going to be even bigger than the paintings and the uh, what what is the av- what is it? the
2: average size of about about it?
1: Um, about five to five to five feet by eight feet.
2: Are, are they going to be the, uh, this new exhibit, the platinum football fields, the same process? Photographs and mixed media, or are you using something different?
1: It's going to be similar, similar. I'm going to be, uh, and I so I haven't started on them yet, so it's really like in my head right now, but it's going to be similar.
2: So do you think that, that your work is exemplifying uh, the the blackness of the american experience as a as a subset of the American experience or as as something completely different does that question make sense
1: Mhm yeah um i think the i don't know i i guess in a sense um and i think where black folk when i when I talk to black people when we when we talk about things. I feel like all we want to do is be equally a part of the American experience, of society experience, right? But these are things that um, exist outside of our even, um, you know, being able to control things. You know, it's these things exist outside of that. So in, in the things that – the work that I make, it's just about these experiences that happen to us – that also need to be need to be um analyzed and um and critiqued in order for us to move forward i think it's so much of uh so many times we just it's, we don't want to have that conversation. We've been taught not to have a conversation. We're scared that if we had a conversation, it it shows something that happened with our family. It shows uh, a weakness in some of our uh, heroes as a country. Um, but the reality is, in order to for us as a country to move forward and really be strong, I think these conversations have to be had, and we have to acknowledge um, that this is a thing and this is how we fix it you know so
2: we as a as a collective right not we as individuals
1: right because it's always it's always a collective thing if it's uh if it's a war come up then we're not just sending white um soldiers over to another country we sending everybody is white black poor maybe not too many rich folks right Mm but um Hispanic, everybody's being sent over uh and then we are all fighting for the american for America, but when it comes to uh issues that really need to be addressed inside the country that we don't have that same energy
2: yeah yeah fascinating, so let's move on to our 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 final break before we get into the last segment of the show. This is a song called Hotel Lobby by Quavo and Takeoff. Can you give us a comment here about this? Quavo. Quavo. So see, there you go. See.
1: And Takeoff. So um Takeoff just was um killed uh, a couple months ago, a few months ago. So um I wanted to uh do something with with, with Takeoff um and um Quavo and this is one of the another one of those good fun hype songs like my, the uh, the music i'm picking is not about like some deep meaning you know it's just about like being able to be have some fun and relax and just enjoy
2: that's true because we can't do a whole set list of isaac hayes <laughs> right now right <laughs> right right all or right Stevie Wonder. here you go right quavo and take off hotel lobby
7: Goodness.
6: get it. Hop for for 16 passenger. This a G5, no, this not a Challenger. Big one. I keep some members with me in the fridge. Dakota seats, stay some cannibals. Eat us. They like the get geek, geek. Drink a whole bottle, wake up and repeat. She took a look, Shh. missed it with the chill out. Now she says she said 3D. Wow. I go in the jungle and then got a coat, I bet I come out with a mean. I bet I do this for the fam. fam, 'cause it's bigger than me. Big. Yeah. Color stones in my infinity
7: lane and in the factory masterpiece. I call him could that be my brother. We got the same roller he matching me for real, Water on me like the sun, song, carrot, song, pointers, Whoop. all these gummers. I won't fun, fun Me go gunners out the jungle, buy it all. Front of mm-hmm. cake on me, no funnel. Cash, drop top, feeling like stunner. <laughs> drop top. get KD play no runner. We gon' chrome my wallet, smoke my pilot. Take the revive to the tropics. Trap 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 I was outside just serving narcotics. narcotics. Pay me that stick, <laughs> made one wrong move, just poppy. Living on Bro with the flooded out in the hotel lobby. It's crowded. Diamonds be dancing like Bobby. They dance. Don't touch it, dick. Give me cocky. Don't touch it. We get you. Gonna trend on the top, Keep trending. The way I pull up, I'ma pop it and none of these niggas. We n- n- gon' stop Pull up, gone. Put the don't sh- get a cuff for the drip on my muff Five, kilo, Keep stacking your bang or get bigger. Never will, I throw some shade on, on it. On take look, don't play with it. I see the big picture, we up on it. Now. The hunch, the one you gon' call on me. I got your back, you gon' follow me. Fall. When I get up, we gon' ball on it. Ball. Could we beat out the system. The system. Water on me. Like the sun. A song. Carrot song. Pointers. Whoop. All these commas, I won't fumble. Fumble. Ego gunners. Out the jungle. We fly it off Front of. Whoop. Cake on me. No funnel. Cash. Drop top. Feeling like stunner. <laughs> Drop top. Get play no runner. We gon' chrome my wallet. Whoop. Smoke my pilot. Whoop. Take the revive to the trap Trappy. I was outside just serving narcotics. Narcotics. Pay me that stick. Whoop. Made one wrong move. Jet poppy. Poppy. Living, on out in the hotel lobby.
4: That was Hotel Lobby by Quavo and Takeoff. You are listening to the Apex Radio Hour here on KSUU Thunder 91.1. I'll turn it back to you, Ryan.
2: Thank you, Sophie. This is... We have reached the last uh, segment that we always do here at the Apex Radio Hour, which... Uh, so now this is my suggestion to you all. Uh, listening either on the podcast is to get your pencils out and to write down what's happening because some of the coolest people i know are sitting in this room and they're about to drop some serious cool stuff on you so all right vita shell what are you currently watching reading or listening to that is bringing
1: you joy oh uh, i'm trying to find it now um okay uh, what's bringing me joy? I had to think about it because my first answer was uh, Wu Tang, uh, which was I think it's just um, informative. Like it's not it's not making me excited. So what what makes me ha- happy right now? I'm watching Moon Girl and the Devil Dinosaur with my kids. So that makes me happy.
2: <laughs> that makes
1: me smile.
2: I love Moon Girl. Have you ever read the comic? No, I haven't. Oh my gosh, I love it. Okay, Uh, my good friend, Reese Whitaker, what are you currently watching, reading, or listening to that is bringing you joy?
0: So, last week, Thunder 91 put on a a local artist event called Guitars Unplugged. It was for acoustic, but it really got me into listening to some of the local musicians here in Cedar City. And we have one. They're called Apollo's Army. They're like a rock, an alt-rock band, and they're... I, it's my personal opinion because I won't speak for the station that they're the best local artists we have especially for my taste I've been I've been turning it up as Ryan said earlier their song called The Giver oh, <laughs> Sophia's losing I'm it sorry. Uh, the song called The Giver and for me our program director tries to uh, get my music taste like she'll try to send me songs that she thinks I like and I normally don't like whatever she sends me because I don't I can't pinpoint my music taste, but the giver, it's chorus, it, it just has it. Whatever it is for me, it has the sound that's like, this is an enjoyable song. this is amazing, and it's on, the chorus is only four four lines. like it doesn't have to be a whole long thing, but it's really great. Apollo's army, the giver. listen to that.
2: Is it Apollo's army like the Greek god Apollo, or is it Apollo's army like Battlestar Galactica? Please uh, tell me it's Battlestar Galactica because that would be cool.
0: I mean, yeah, I, I would say they, a little bit of both, you know? Ooh,
2: cool. All right. Assistant producer Evan Miller, what are you currently watching, reading, or listening to that is giving you joy?
0: Currently, I think animated movies in general have been bringing me joy. Um, recently, I saw Puss in Boots with the family, the new one. I thought that was really entertaining. I really appreciated the art style that they animated the movie in. I uh, saw Rat- Ratatouille again recently. Great, great movie. Uh, things like that. I, just, I enjoy that expression of art.
2: So uh, what about Moon Girl and the Devil Dinosaur? Have I have you
0: not seen it yet, but it's, I'll oh, put it on the list.
2: You're missing something. All right. Senior producer, <laughs> Sophia Giavaj, what are you currently watching, reading, or listening to that is bringing you joy?
4: Okay. So well, I just kind of laughed at me when I picked him up the other day to Mm -hmm. take him to one of his events I was listening to a lot of Taylor Swift on repeat and she's going on tour and I'm going to her concert and Taylor Swift just brings me so much joy because that's what I listen to all throughout high school that's what me and all my friends would listen to and next weekend we're actually all going to meet up to go to her concert together and I don't know how we were that lucky because I haven't seen all of them together in like four years but Taylor Swift is currently sparking me joy. <laughs> I think it's a really unifying thing.
0: And you all got tickets. That's the yeah, that's the miraculous I thing.
4: Don't know how, but is, yes.
0: Is this the tour like where she has she performs in the same city twice and has multiple different yeah, opening acts? So you're going yeah. to Vegas, I assume. Oh, yeah. Like, which
4: I'm going Saturday night.
0: So who who else is playing?
4: Oh, this is so bad! Don't ask me that. You don't know. So
1: they're not bringing her joy. I just wanna, I wanna say like my disclaimer. Like the reason, (laughs) the reason um, the Taylor Swift thing was funny to me is because in my class I often play music, and I allow my students to pick out something. And I got this one Taylor Swift uh, fan that's uh, a fanatic not would, a fan yeah, just are called Swifties yeah Swifties hey and I have to ignore her because she's always like Taylor Swift say to Sw- Taylor Swift Taylor Swift Taylor Swift, <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Swift.
4: <laughs> she is pretty great what can I say no nah, it's, it's
1: it's a good it's good for once once a uh, a quarter or a semester <laughs> mm-hmm. but wow. not every cl- every other class so
4: some people have good taste and some people don't what are oh.
1: you trying to say <laughs> oh my god but wow. going
4: into that ryan what is currently sparking you joy
2: i am rediscovering the complete singles collection from Stax records and if you don't know Stacks, it was an independent recording label in Memphis, Tennessee. So, you know, Sun Studios, of course, the birthplace of rock and roll in many cases, Johnny Cash, Elvis, Carl Perkins. Stax is the birthplace of soul music. Anybody who is anybody of soul music came out of Stax in Memphis, and it's not something that we hear about often. Uh, but but if you have ever can dig into the Stacks collection... Uh, probably their most famous. Isaac Hayes comes from Stax. Uh, Booker T and the MGs. Booker T and the MGs. Green Onions is right. a. Is, That's was one of the, my
1: grandmother's favorite songs.
2: Yeah, it was, a, was their studio band, and they were integrated. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the best guitar playing you'll ever hear from Steve Cropper. So, uh, and Donald Duck Dunn on bass. It's an amazing thing. So, uh, the Stax Records catalog, in contrast to Motown, which was known as Hitsville, USA, mm-hmm. Stax, they were an old movie theater, had the marquee that said. Soulville, USA. Right. So, uh if if you want to listen to some amazing soul music, the complete Stax recordings.
1: And if you ever go to Memphis, go ahead and visit Stax Records. Yes. Yes, uh, you
2: will not be disappointed. Right. So, with that, we would like to thank our Grace A Tanner, uh visiting artist Vitus Shell for coming on the Apex Radio Hour and we will go out with one of the songs you chose, uh Rich Flex by Drake and 21 Savage. Do you want to you want to say anything about it? Nope, just turn
1: it up. Turn all it right. up.
0: <laughs> Thank you all for listening to the Apex Hour on KSU Thunder 91 FM, Cedar City.
8: a the club, pay for about 10, get in, we lit any. Yeah. No, know, we walk around the world, stepping out, giving a damn
6: by where our feet lined up. Yeah. Get y'all mushed, smushed. Yeah, 21. The biggest.
8: Put it in the chicken wing. 21. Can you do something for me? 21. Can you hit a little rich flex for me? 21. And 21. Can you do something for me? 21. Drop some bars to my. For me, then 21, 21 Can you do something for me? Can yeah. you talk to the ops next for me? Okay. 21, do your thing, 21, do your thing. 21. Do your thing,
6: 21. Yellow diamonds in the watch. This sh- costs a lot. Never send a that. That's how you can shot. I DM in banish mode, I do that a lot. Took a panties off and it's thicker than a plot. All my s's ain't nothing. Busted, if my ops ain't rapping, they thuggin'. You ain't ready to pull the trigger, don't clutch it. I know you on your baby, can you? I'm a savage, smacker, booty, and magic. 21. I slap a with the ratchet. I might slap a track on this whip and get the addy. Don't call me on Christmas Eve, call your dad. 21. Call your uncle, 21. don't call me. 21. Always in my yo, a fleet my posting guns and only use
8: feet. Hey like an athlete I got All you all of you Need to remember who y'all talking to It's a slaughter gang CEO I got for you if I'm not working girl If I'm busy to No You need to find you someone else to call when your bank account get low you need to find you some. hey 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 ay, ay. i'm on that slaughter game ain't murder game ain't slaughter game ain't murder game hey sticks and stones chrome on chrome that's just what a d- on internet clones got them kissing through the phone clicking up so they don't feel alone hey man Seeing me, I'm young, money CMB. I used to roll with CMG, the house is not a BNB. The bad b- waiting on a n- like I'm and I'm steady pushing P, pushing PTSD. I told her to kiss me in a club, a TMZ. I used to want a GMC when what R- was doing BE. We revving up and going on a run like we DMC. I lay up with her for a couple days, then it's BRB. Rappers love asking if I b- when you know he did. We well, you know he did. She came in heels, but she left out on a cozy. Hey, I'm living every 24 like Kobe did. Shout out to the six. RP to eight. Sweaty d- is getting eight. I'm on 10 for the cake. Get a lot of love from 12, but I don't reciprocate. 51 division, stay patrolling when it's late. 21, my Eddie, so the knife is on the gate. All the dogs eating off a Baccarat plate. See Drake and they underestimate. Take it from a vet. That's a rookie. The stake eh? Start a game, a murder <music> game, a start a game, murder game, a
7: start a game, murder game. Why look, you the man, why you poo, you is the man, yeah.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the Apex Hour here on KSUU Thunder 91.1. Come find us every Thursday at 3 p.m. right here on Thunder 91. We would love for you to come to our events on campus. For more information, check out suu.edu slash apex. Until next time, that was the Apex Hour on Thunder 91.1.